to another episode of Headful, the science podcast. I'm your host, Sean Cook, and today we're talking with Dr. Huri Zayadipour from France about her work studying gravitational wave event GW170817. Dr. Zayadipour graciously took the time out of her very busy schedule to explain in amazing detail everything we now know about the event, including the structure of the binary neutron stars that collided and the resulting electromagnetic emissions from this colossal explosion. Then we discuss her latest novel, The Life Network, a really incredible tale of intergalactic messages to warn humanity of its fate if it does nothing to address its negative impacts on the Earth. I had such a fantastic time talking with Dr. Zayadipour, and uh, I think you'll have just as much fun listening to it. All right, let's get a head full of Dr. Huri Zayadipour. We're here with uh, Dr. Huri uh, Zayadipour, an astrophysicist um, out of uh, working in France. Um, uh, Huri, can I, may I call you Huri? Uh, sure, sure. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us today on Headful. And and can you tell us a little about yourself? Uh, okay, I I am originally Iranian. Uh, I did my uh, my study part uh, uh, partly in uh, Tehran and uh, partly in uh, in Paris. I have a PhD from uh, University Paris Seven. Uh, I have worked in. Uh, 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 several uh, European and uh, international uh, institutes. Uh, for the time being, I am in uh, University of uh, Franche Comté. And what is the what's the nature of your of your research? What has it been lately? Uh, okay, my research is a bit, um, uh, you know. Uh, a large list of uh, subjects I am interested in, uh, mm-hmm. but mostly uh, in the last few years, uh, if you like, last 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, is in part uh, gamma ray bars, which is the mm-hmm. subject of uh, our talk today, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in part uh, is um, uh, dark energy, I am also mm. interested in uh, more fundamental aspect of theoretical physics like quantum mechanics and quantum gravity. And actually, for the time being, I am not working on gamma ray bars. I am not working on dark energy, but I am working a new approach to, uh, to quantum gravity. Oh, my gosh. It, okay, depending on how well today goes, I would love to hear about that at some point, too. But maybe, <laughs> maybe, can, maybe for another time. On. Yeah, another time. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about your your uh, specifically on your work uh, um, researching gravitational wave event 170817, which was uh, originally detected on August 17th, 2017, by I believe the LIGO Virgo gravitational wave detectors. Um, and then, from what I understand, two seconds later, after so LIGO and Virgo initially detect the the event, which is just a momentary blip. Uh, um, in uh, in space time, uh, and, and 
Then two seconds later, the NASA Fermi and ESA integral satellites detected a gravitational, uh, or excuse me, a, a gamma ray burst. Is do I have that correct? And can you describe that 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 event and what we saw coming from that from that? Uh, okay, the, that event it was. Uh... Uh, it was the first time that we received uh, the gravitational wave uh, from the merging of two neutron stars. Mm. Uh, this was the very most important uh, part. But mm -hmm. additionally, what was very important was that we were uh, we uh, we detected at the same time a gamma ray burst, which mm. means a very short flash of gamma ray, which was detected uh, by the Fermi satellite and also by integral satellite. Unfortunately, at that time, uh, the, uh, the object was not in the field of view of SWIFT satellite, which if it was, uh, there was immediate uh, possibility to, uh, to see if there was any X-ray or optical emission at the same time. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, after, uh, because uh, because the, the, the object was detected by SWIFT and Integral, it helped a lot to uh, other astronomers, especially in optical, to search for the source because uh, the, the gravitational wave um, detectors for the time being, unfortunately, don't have a very good resolution, I mean, mm. especially solution uh, to the to know from where exactly in the sky the the the, the an event uh, uh, the, these uh, these signals are coming therefore mm -hmm. any other signal that we receive help a lot to um uh, to really position the event the source in the sky mm -hmm. okay this is a long story the people had uh, written papers i mean tens of papers on this. And mm. uh, finally, optical astronomers, uh, especially one in, the, the, in Chile, mm -hmm. they, they, uh, uh, they were successful to detect what is called, I mean, the optical counterpart, uh, which comes essentially at that time uh, from what is called a kilonova. Now, mm -hmm. we will uh, discuss a bit later that what is bit, uh, difference between the emission from the kilonova and gamma ray bars. But yeah. yes, therefore, uh, therefore, therefore, this is the, I mean, uh, since then, uh, especially in the last, uh, in the, uh, during the last year, um, we had two or three other um, uh, candidate uh, of, I mean, gravitational wave from candidate neutron star merger. But unfortunately, none of them uh, were accompanied by, uh, by any uh, electromagnetic uh, detection. Therefore, uh, we know about them much, much less than this event, which is really, really, I mean, historic. Yeah. Can you, yeah, can you, can we discuss a little about the, the, what makes this, this, a gravitational wave event GW seventeen oh eight seventeen. How how was um what, what conditions led to the to the effect that you're describing the the emission of the of the gamma ray burst? Uh, okay, that, um, when two neutron stars merge, 
there are two type of uh, material uh, as you as you can imagine uh, material or ejected now mm -hmm. the material which are ejected from merging of the two neutron star or you can in can divide it in two two big categories one part is called the dynamic part is ejected uh, on the polar part, um, uh, polar side of the, the of the, the uh, of the star uh, of the merger um, merged object. Can um, I interrupt you real quick? I just want to get understanding here. So, if I understand correctly, so you're, when you say polar, so the I'm imagining the the kilonova, I believe is the phrase, and that's the disk, the spiraling disk of material around the the two neutron stars as they're as they're collapsing in, and then. Uh, perpendicular to that is is this axis, and that's the polar region. Is that is that accurate? Yes, yes, you are right. Okay. Uh, the, the, the polar part. No, uh, there is uh, there uh, there is a sort of uh, I mean an issue here that we don't know exactly because uh, because uh, there is polar is uh, is the direction of the usually it is called the direction of the rotation like mm. the axis of rotation as as uh, for instance on on x yeah. but another another thing which is very important for the uh, for the uh, for this uh, polar ejection uh, is the magnetic field because mm. as you probably know the neutron stars have very, very strong magnetic fields. Mm. And uh, it is, in fact, uh, both the force of the pressure, the, 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 the kinematical pressure, which, mm -hmm. uh, which ejects this, uh, this material, but mm -hmm. also for the magnetic force. And this magnetic force is very, very important for the generation of uh, a gamma ray burst because mm. Once this, uh, once this, uh, at the beginning when this, uh, when the material is ejected, it is not very fast. It is, mm -hmm. uh, it is I mean, roughly uh, we say uh, sort of mildly relativistic, but mildly relativistic. Mild relativistic, yes. Uh, it is by a factor that I don't want to go, go to the <coughs> very technical details, but it is called a. A Lorentz, the, the Lorentz factor. Now, the Lorentz yeah. factor for, for something which is uh, which is uh, at rest uh, is one, and mm -hmm. for something which uh, moves with the, 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 with practically the speed of light, it it, mm -hmm. it goes to to infinity. Therefore, any oh, other object has a Lorentz factor which is in between. Now, the material, the polar material, when, when it is ejected. Uh, it, it has uh, simulation, we don't, we cannot measure it, but simulations show that uh, it can have something like uh, two or three maximum, a Lorentz factor of two or three maximum. So, okay, so, and, uh, so this is the, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. The, I just want to understand that. So this is, so you're talking about the initial um, it's the initial when when this uh, this material is ejected poleward. Poleward, okay, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And this has this is on the Lorentz scale. It's you said two to three maximum. So three that seems max, compared maximum. Yeah, compared to uh, infinity, that's a very small number. I'm yes. <laughs> guessing that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
And then, then what is the what makes the, 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 the this uh, this ejected material accelerated is the magnetic energy. With propagation, magnetic energy is changed to uh, to kinetic energy and accelerate particles. Wow! And this acceleration makes a jet, a very relativistic jet. Which, uh, mm. for instance, uh, for the for in the case of in the case of uh, this, um, I mean, uh, 70817, uh, mm-hmm. it uh, it are uh, it was uh, uh, when the, the, the gamma ray uh, is produced that I will explain uh, a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it was in the on the order of 250 or something like that. So it's sped up about by a factor of about a. Oh, 250. Oh, 250. Yes, it is. But wow. it was a speed up by, by a factor of. I mean, it's 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 Lorentz factor was larger by became larger by a factor of 125 at least. So, and that's considered relativistic. And yes, this is no. This is very. Uh, this is usually called in the jargon of astrophysics is to distinguish between this uh, this regime. Now mm-hmm. it is called ultra relativistic. Ultra relativistic. Ultra relativistic. And, and in terms of percent of the speed of light, are we talking fifty percent or ninety percent? Uh, no, no, no. It is exactly why we we don't uh, talk about the speed of light, uh, because even uh, with uh, the with a um, uh, Lorentz factor of about uh, four, mm-hmm. the uh, material has a speed of light which is close to oh point. I mean, ninety percent of a speed of light. Uh, oh therefore, wow. Arrive when it arrives at uh, at uh, 250 a range factor of 250. Its mm-hmm. speed is uh, 0.99999 time oh, of that. Yeah. Therefore, it, because because this is, I mean it is it does not make that much sense that people in place of uh, talking about the speed talk about the Lorentz factor, mm-hmm. which makes mm-hmm. a more uh, uh, I mean, gives you a, a, a better sensing number. You're probably just sick of writing nines if you if you exactly. go percentage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you cannot uh, continue to write, uh, at some point uh, you are you are tired. Therefore, it's better to use yeah. something which changes uh, uh, more uh, significantly. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Can I ask you one quick question about the matter? And it's just what it, what is what is that matter? You say there's matter that's ejected. Are these neutrons or is the okay? Is this, yes, yeah. this is this is uh, this is another point. They are uh, they are expected to be at the at the time of ejection uh, mm-hmm. to be mostly uh, okay, mostly about thirty percent of neutron. Mm-hmm. And seventy percent of uh, of uh, hydrogen, let's say proton, or oh, other, protons, other yeah. elements which are higher <clears throat> And the reason yeah. this polar, uh, uh, in contrast to the 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 disk, the, the, the kilonova uh, component, uh, mm-hmm. which is very neutron rich, the polar component is much less neutron rich, and this is mm. a very uh, main difference. 
because and why it is important because uh, to change uh, the magnetic energy to the, uh, to the to kinetic energy the part particles must have uh, a charge otherwise this uh, this transfer will not happen oh. oh so that's probably why the magnetic field um, exactly. accelerates why, why, the particles and this, it is why it uh, it is uh, the mag the magnetic field is important and also the less neutron reach of wow. polar ejecta is very important for mm -hmm. acceleration of particles. If it was completely neutron, uh, then mm -hmm. a neutron is, uh, by, by, by its name, is neutral, at least before it decays. Therefore, right. there is immediate acceleration. Wow, oh, interesting. So it would, th would that mean that the, that the, the polar um, ejecta of protons is uni unidirectional in that it's sped up in say the the southward pole yes, okay. and it's slowed down in the northward pole. Yeah. No, no, no. It is not unidirectional. unidirectional. It's 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 mm. in both direction mm. because uh, because if you like, it is the, the uh, when you um, uh, how can I how can I. Uh, the well, both a, yeah. there is no there is no difference between between in one direction and the other direction because uh, because the magnetic field you have uh, both um, uh, I mean turn around the the, the magnetic lines close uh, around each other therefore gotcha. therefore uh, it is not it's not just in one direction it's at the pressure is in both directions oh I see okay. All right, so okay, so where were we at? We have we, we have the uh, the ejecta being sped out of the out of the polar regions due to the magnetic the magnetic exactly. field. And now now they are accelerated to ultra uh, ultra, um, ultra relativistic speeds. Yeah. And then what happens is that okay, what is ejected is not usually it is not uniform. Therefore, they are uh, they, uh, they there can be small differences in the speed between uh, different different uh, different shells, different layers of material which are ejected mm -hmm. earlier or or later. And then what happens is that if there is uh, a, a layer of material which is ejected a bit later, but has a bit more speed, it mm. will it will, uh, it, it will collide the a bit slower material which were ejected a bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And this, this collision between these layers are co uh, generate shocks. And because the jet itself, these shocks, the their difference of of, uh, of speed is not very much. However, mm. because the jet itself, the jet of material, boosted in the direction um, relativistically, then mm -hmm. the emission which uh, which is generated by these shocks mm -hmm. is is boosted in the, the in the direction of the jet, and then what we receive we see is a burst of gamma ray. Okay, no. so we we have concentric concentric shells of material. Kind of like balloons blowing up inside each other, but one exactly. balloon, the outer balloon, is being blown up a little slower than the inner balloon. And when the it's, inner balloon catches up, the the collision uh, produces uh, a burst of gamma radiation. Exactly. 
It is a okay. true. I don't want to go to the, uh, to too much uh, too much uh, technical things, but it is uh, okay. the, it is a process which is called synchrotron. It is the synchrotron mm -hmm. process which uh, which uh, because the collisions uh, actually introduce more electric and magnetic fields, and it, it is mm -hmm. in this electric and magnetic structure in the plasma that uh, that generates uh, the a synchrotron emission from the, the from electrons which are turning around the line of magnetic field or and electric field but mm -hmm. this is very very complicated therefore i don't want to, to go to the yeah let, no, yeah <laughs> that's fine yeah, yeah that's this this is great yeah thank you so now that we've produced the gamma gamma ray burst and yes. and it's it's um it's along the polar it's more it's it's directed uh um uh just slightly if i understand it's direct it's just slightly off center from from the pole of the uh the axis yes. The, the, the material which is uh, which is ejected, it is not just on one line. It is, mm -hmm. it is, let's say, a cone of materials are ejected, mm. and the opening of this cone is okay. Simulation shows it can be between a few degrees, between uh, five, ten degrees to maybe twenty, thirty degrees, something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And no, uh, the, the the maximum ejection. It is not exactly in the direction of uh, of the uh, of the axis, but it uh, I mean the, of magnetic field, but it is a bit uh, a bit uh, inclined from the maximum magnetic field. Mm -hmm. But uh, we consider because the magnetic field we don't we don't directly see it. That, that is not that much important for us. What we see is that uh, the, the jet is accelerated accelerated uh, along one direction with an opening angle of, let's say, at the beginning, something like maybe 20 degrees or something like that. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, the emission, this is a relativistic effect that if uh, the source of a material, uh, of, of an emission, is moving by, uh, with the uh, speed of light and emitting photons, we can see photons which are emitted only from very, very close, um, uh, close angle uh, mm -hmm. in our direction of in our field of view because uh, uh, we cannot see the whole. If, if, if even if it is the the, the the emission was completely spherical and completely uniform, yeah, uh, we could see only from something like uh, a fraction of degrees the emission that comes uh, uh, that comes from a fraction of degrees and not more. Yes. So this is similar to other astronomical events. Um, that differ from, say, a star, which, like you said, is 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 spherically emitting light in a more constant um, uh, um, uh, 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 angle. Uh, instead, this is a momentary, very focused beam of 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 energy that we have. We have to be basically just constantly watching the sky, and then we see these little flashes. This is similar to, if I understand, to like a pulsar, which is like a spinning. If I remember, it's a spinning, um, it's a neutron star or something to that effect, which is just a beam of light spinning around. And um, yes, that yeah. is the, the, actually a sort of precession may also happen in the, the in the uh, in the source of uh, in the merger in the source of uh, the gamma ray burst. 
Mm. And uh, but uh, okay, this is more complicated. Maybe maybe we can uh, we can uh, discuss it uh, later if you have time. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> yes. But 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 what is important in in what I was saying was that uh, when the very I mean uh, what was uh, really. Uh, important in the observations of uh, this GRB 170817 was mm-hmm. that we were not looking at the jet in its maximum because mm-hmm. the most uh, the, the 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 most energetic uh, the part of the jet was out of of, uh, of our sight and we couldn't mm-hmm. receive any photon from that part mm-hmm. we were uh, in looking at, at some angle, probably between 10 to 20 or, or maybe, we cannot say, we cannot, because that the, the, the other part is not visible for us, therefore we cannot sure. exactly, we can only, uh, our models uh, show that it, it could be between something between 10 and, uh, and, uh, and uh, 20 or something, or a, a number of around this. We were uh, looking at such, a, such an angle with respect to the, uh, to the maximum of the jet. And mm-hmm. it was probably for this reason that uh, the, the Lorentz factor that we were, uh, that we modeled, obtained from modeling the, 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 the data is only 250 because mm-hmm. in other uh, GRBs, especially short GRBs, we obtain the values which are much, much larger, uh, something like, for instance, 400, 500, or oh. even larger. Mm. Therefore, therefore, for, the, for this reason, the gallery bars and, and the fact that uh, the, the source uh, that actually was uh, quite uh, close to us, it, it was only about uh, 40 megaparsecs, which, which uh, changing to light, uh, it's about 120 light, uh, light years. Oh, that's it's, very close. Yes, it is very close. It was the closest source. And we expected to see if we see a gallery bus from it to see it very, very bright. But mm-hmm. uh, indeed, as a gallery bus, it was very average. And oh. even when, when, and when you take into account that it was at short distance, its intrinsic energy was the faintest gallery bus with the non distant that I have ever seen. Hmm. Up to now, before that event and even and after that event, we have never seen such a, uh, I mean, faint gamma burst, and hmm. we believe that it was partially, partially not not uh, if my if I believe my uh, my own modeling, not completely but partially, and uh, due to this fact that we were seeing it in off axis and not mm-hmm. in its direction of, uh, of maximum emission. So can I ask you a question? Why is it significant? Why is the dimness of the event significant? Is it because it tells us, does it just help inform future models? And um, the, the, uh... Because okay, it was not uh, it was not just the uh, the um, uh, faintness of the gamma ray burst, but mm-hmm. also other behavior that I should explain the next step, which mm-hmm. which were afterglows, and mm-hmm. which uh, which make 
it, uh, this course interesting, yeah? but uh, just to the, the, the mm, let's say uh, the interesting point in this way was that because it was close and nearby and because we could uh, we observed it for very very long time in fact something like close to two years and people even now they continue to observe it until they mm. cannot really observe it mm. we could learn a lot about this post and mm. and thanks to this all this data which was which were taken we could uh, really uh, prove uh, with certainty that uh, we were watching this sports from an off-axis and this was in part at least uh, the reason for the faintness of this sports and uh, uh, something else which, which was interesting for modelists more mm -hmm. that the, the, the jet of a gamma ray bars is not uniform it has a maximum in the middle and then mm -hmm. It is it, uh, it it is much fainter or, or uh, let's say its trans factor uh, less and its uh, its density less than it is uh, than in the in the uh, in the side lobes and it was something which was uh, proposed very very long time ago and uh, in the jargon of uh, astronomers it is called a structured jet therefore it proved that gamma ray bursts had uh, have a structured jet. Uh, mm -hmm. which is more complex than just a uniform I mean, ejection of the material. A structured jet, is that, is that what you called it? Yes, a structured jet. The, and that, and you're, that's all these things that we've been talking about, this, this it's directional, it's, it's, it, there's different, different um, covalent shells that are colliding, it, it's, yeah, it, it has the, the cone shape, has, has different properties, uh, is that, that's the structure that, that you're referring to, right? Exactly. Up to now, up to now we, uh, we received a, 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 a gamma ray burst. Yes. But now, uh, and the gamma ray burst uh, lasted for about uh, two seconds or something, to uh, 2.5 seconds. And then, usually, in, in, the, in the, the, like any other gamma ray burst, uh, we expected what is called the afterglows. Now, the afterglows, okay. the, the, the gamma ray burst itself, is from shocks inside the jet, mm -hmm. uh, but the jet uh, does not uh, completely disappear after these, uh, these shocks. Uh, it mm -hmm. continues to propagate uh, and goes further and further and further, and at some point, uh, because they are material around the neutron star, it will mm -hmm. collide with the materials which are around the uh, neutron star, either the material which were ejected or, um, from the neutron star or its progenitors, Mm. or materials which are in the inter interstellar medium. Therefore, mm. it is going uh, to meet and collide with other materials. And this material makes a second shock, this collision makes a second mm. shock, and a new set of emissions, which are usually in uh, lower energies. And, this, uh, the, and these emissions are called afterglows. Uh, for most, uh, for most um, uh, gamma ray bars, both um, uh, uh, short gamma ray bars and long gamma ray bars, mm -hmm. 
Ici, c'est after growth, in fact, in continuous after the gamma ray burst itself, in X-ray, from we usually detect them thanks to Swift satellite, and from about 100 seconds or something, and they continue for at least depending on the strength of the of the of the burst, it can continue for few thousand seconds or can goes up to two uh, months or something or later. And that's the that's the typical This timing, is the right? typical. The, yeah. the, the, the strange thing about this camera bars was that we didn't detect anything up to 10 days. Wow. And all, I mean, the most powerful satellite that, uh, X-ray satellite that we have, including uh, XRT of SWIFT, uh, Chandra, uh, XMM, they, they were all looking at this position on the sky and they couldn't see anything. Mm. Until 10 days, Chandra had, uh, detected it at nine <clears throat> Days after the after the the the, um, the, the, the gamma ray burst and and gravitational effect and then uh, signal and strangely very strangely the the at continuing the continuation of the observation showed that it's brightening. It, it's what was that? It's what? It's brightening. It was brightening. Yes. <clears throat> It was brightening and it 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 was becoming more uh, more and more. I mean, had larger flux and up to about 110, 20 days. It, uh, it wow. arrived. X-ray the X-ray afterglow arrived to its maximum and then it began to uh, to very very slowly uh, decline. Yeah. The same observed. The same observed. Uh, uh, the same behavior was observed in the radio, and the same mm -hmm. thing was uh, happened in the radio. In the first ten days or so, uh, nothing was observed, and then <clears throat> gradually people began to observe this uh, mm. the, 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 the increasing emission in radio, which mm -hmm. uh, which uh, which uh, got to its maximum about 180 days or something like that. Huh? And then so this seems like it's, but this is this is the the um, the in, energy in the ejecta coming out of the out of the uh, the uh, the the collision, and it's colliding with other sort of non-related matter that's just in the neighborhood. Is that is that right? Do I have exactly. that right? Exactly. So this yes. is more. This is it's almost like this is. It's not like the, the the nature of this afterglow is not necessarily describing the the, the contents of the of the neutron stars that collided or their disk or the polar regions, but it has more to do with maybe the shape of the cone of the energy, the beam coming out, and then the 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 topology of the of the neighboring um, uh, matter. Is it, do I, is that correct? Yes, you are absolutely exact. It depends on two things. How much energy remains and accelerated particles remain in the jet after mm -hmm. the internal shocks? Mm -hmm. And then what is the properties of material around? Is there a lot of them? 
Mm. Are they very long distances or short distances? Mm. And uh, and yeah, this this this, this essentially what determines that uh, how these shocks observe. No, I should mention, because I said that for 10 days we didn't observe anything, and it was very surprising, I should mention that it is not the, it was not the same, I mean, this burst was not the first one which didn't have a early, what is called early X-ray afterglow. Mm-hmm. They are, they are about maybe between, uh, among 100, sorry, uh, 500 something uh, gamma ray bars which were, uh, which were uh, detected by SWIFT. Mm-hmm. Probably something like 10, 20 don't have any X-ray. Mm. Uh, among them, mostly they are short bars, but they are also a couple of uh, long bars which don't have uh, the immediate early X-ray. No. Mm. Uh, for years, people thought that, okay, maybe uh, they are not really a uh, gamma ray bars, maybe they are uh, some expl- um, sort of activities, uh, sudden activities in uh, stars in the nearby galaxies, which are not have, mm-hmm. which are nothing to do with the, with, with the gamma ray bars. Mm-hmm. But the observation of these bars showed that maybe we are not right. Maybe these things that we call, we call X-ray dark, these gamma ray bars, which are X-ray dark, maybe they mm-hmm. are real gamma ray bars. But They're what? I missed that. Miss They're what? Exactly. That the gamma ray bars that uh, we are uh, we, uh, similar to this one, uh, but uh, we simply don't have uh, time and money to observe mm-hmm. all of them for 10 days. Mm. And, and actually, we, uh, it is very interesting because even gamma ray bars that, uh, with the early X-ray, usually they, their uh, X-ray does not last for more than, uh, roughly speaking, I mean, 10 hours or something around that. Huh? The yeah. short gamma ray bars, they, they, uh, the X-ray decline very quickly, and then it's not worth, uh, people thought that it's not worth to, to, uh, to look at them. Mm. But... Sports shows that maybe, and and we actually after 1.6 days, we didn't expect to see any early early afterglow. And if there was an average, let's say, average gamma ray burst at an average distance. Therefore, it means that probably in other bars, very uh, the, the same uh, sort of behavior or is expected. Only we don't have uh, money and and time to observe every bars until to uh, 100 days uh, to see how it behaves. Yeah, yeah. Are 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 the is the next generation or or, or future generations of telescopes? Are they going to have a broader view, just sort of watching, you know, like a space telescope that just keeps track of, you know, um, a huge portion of the sky constantly, or is that not? Um, unfortunately, uh, I am not aware of a new uh, of a new project which uh, uh, which uh, program to uh, to see all the bars mm. because simply. Uh, the whole point is that uh, 
uh, this telescope, for instance, uh, first of all, if we have only one satellite between all the other satellite, uh, which satellites which are um, looking for for gamma rays, and uh, mm. there's only one and probably one Chinese, but it is not really as powerful as, as, as Swift. It's only mm. Swift which is and uh, which is able to immediately after for uh, after 20 30 seconds depending on which which uh, part of the sky it is looking mm-hmm. to go immediately through to the position of the of, of a burst and mm-hmm. then uh, again, uh, the, the SWIFT is used not only for uh, for gamma ray, but for uh, many other projects. Therefore, mm-hmm. as uh, as I said, it is a question of money and time that uh, we yeah. should we we must invest in something. And unfortunately, at present, I am not aware of something else which program to uh, follow a gamma ray burst. Uh, yeah. Short- up to I don't know 100 days. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anything else on that you wanted to mention about GW 170817? Yes, I think that I think that okay. And then and the the question that we we should ask why this happened? Why why it didn't have a normal uh, behavior? Because mm-hmm. okay, it was yeah. fine. It yeah. was why it didn't and. Uh, there are, I think, at least uh, according to some models, including my, my calculation, mm-hmm. is that the reason, uh, okay, we, we saw the gamma ray, uh, we saw it uh, off axis, but this should not that much affect the, uh, the afterglows. Mm-hmm. And for the afterglows, the fact that we, uh, they had this strange behavior, is that it was the material which were around were very very far mm. and uh, dense too, right? It starts. It gets 10 to, 10 to uh, 16, uh, 10 to 16 uh, centimeters, which is uh, which means uh, something like 100 billion uh, kilometers from mm. the center, from the from the source, mm-hmm. and in the typical ones, typical GRVs. This material uh, have been usually. I mean, calculation shows that they had they had to be something like uh, 10 million kilometers rather than mm. 10 billion kilometers, no, 100 100 million kilometers, sorry, uh, rather than 100 billion mm. kilometers. And mm. this was the reason that we uh, it it took very much time that the shock progressively be made. And we we see the the, 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 the this increasing of the the, the uh, of emission from the shocks. Mm. This was that we have, and this evidently has any a lot of consequence for what was the age of the progenitor stars, the magnetic mm. force. Yeah, I was just going to say. I wonder if it if the 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 um, topology of the surrounding uh, material has it it has to do with the history of of that of that binary star exactly. system. Evidently, know. it has it has, and the reason mm. is, uh, the, the fact that a, a neutron star, when it uh, in the time that, that it is pulsar, 
it eject a lot of material and they are uh, they stay around this uh, and it, it, they, they make a sort of nebula around the uh, around the neutron star but mm. once the pulsar activity decreases uh, this uh, uh, there is no uh, there is no more material which uh, which um, uh, replace what is ejected outside therefore mm. uh, the, the material the, the, this uh, the, this um, uh, this um, nebula uh, begins mm-hmm. to expand uh, in the inter- in the intergalactic medium and mm-hmm. becomes uh, more, uh, more more diluted and also get further Mm. And probably, and this shows that uh, these neutron stars probably were not very, uh, very young. Mm. Another, another fact also, but we cannot, we are not sure because we were, uh, we, uh, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't detect the emission from the maximum of the jet. But mm-hmm. if we model it, we, it is possible that the maximum of the jet even was much uh, there had a Lorentz factor which was much less than usual uh, I mean a typical uh, gamma ray bus. and mm. the reason most probably uh, was that magnetic field of this uh, the neutron star the merger was small mm. and uh, in fact, with the, I mean, the, 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 a neutron star, a young neutron star with an age of less than one million year, has a mm-hmm. magnetic field of uh, between 10 to uh, 12, 13 to 10 to 15, uh, when they, we, we call them the a magnetar. Mm-hmm. But when it's old, their uh, magnetic field decreases, and it can be for an older, older than one million, it can be something like 10 to 9 Gauss in place of uh, 10 to 13 Gauss or 10 to 15 Gauss when they are young. Mm. Therefore, uh, another, another, I mean, uh, thing that probably these uh, this, uh, observations and modeling of the gamma ray bus tell us was that these neutrons were not very young. Mm. And you're saying both neutron stars were not young, or can you tell that? Can you tell that they had different ages? Or? Distinguish, but if one of them was young and one of them was not young, mm-hmm. then uh, then uh, the the magnetic fields should be uh, again more or less um, the maximum of the, the, the of the, the biggest one. Mm. But if it was it was much uh, much. Uh, both of them were had a weak magnetic field. Then, mm-hmm. then uh, probably, uh, probably it was the, the main reason for mm. having a much less, uh, I mean, a much fainter GRB that uh, other. Yeah. Um, so. You know, you know it, what strikes me as we're talking about this is how 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 small. It was just a flash of light from, you know, 100 million or 100 light years away. It's just it's little like a flashlight turning on and off. And yet we you derive just so much detail um, from that. It's really it's incredible just how much how much information you can get from from that 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 little yes. moment, you know. Yes, yes. This is uh, this is unbelievable. And and uh, to be. Uh, this is the magic of uh, mm-hmm. modeling and 
and theoretical understanding because mm. unfortunately uh, many people uh, think that the fundamental physics is something which is not I mean it's uh, it's not interesting who, who care and so on but mm. all understanding comes from the uh, from the theoretical work which has been done for years and decades and uh, and maybe sometimes centuries Mm -hmm. uh, that then gives us the possibility to, and by just detecting a flash of light, understanding mm -hmm. so much from a, an object which is so far from us. Yes. Yeah, it's so incredible. So, do we can we tell from from GW seventeen oh eight seventeen? Do do we can we do we have a guess as to the age, the aggregate age of the of the neutron stars? And uh, no, unfortunately, because the, the problem is that uh, we don't, we practically don't have any, uh, um, not only measures, but just neutron stars. All neutron stars are very, very practically impossible to detect. Mm. They mm. become, they, they, they are, they, they, they are, they are, they, they emit very little light. Yeah. Any, any bandwidth in any wavelengths. Mm. And and therefore, once they are very old, older than one million and so on, it's practically. Mm. I think only I by searching today the, in, the, in the literature, I found I, uh, only maybe one candidate which was observed, which is maybe which has a lot uh, the, an age of around uh, one million. Mm. Uh, yeah. But uh, these neutron stars can, if they don't, uh, if they, they don't collide with something else, uh, they can mm -hmm. stay in their in their uh, in their uh, um, their state for uh, the age of the universe. Uh, therefore, but their mm -hmm. detection is extremely hard because how can you uh, detect something of the, the which there is practically nothing around? It means mm -hmm. very little. And has a, 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 a diameter of uh, something like uh, 12 to 14 kilometers. Yeah, it, I mean, neutron stars, from my understanding, they're they're I've heard them called um, uh, failed black holes. That they're 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 very massive, not quite as massive as black holes. So they must have similar properties where they're they're generally pulling a lot of a lot of material in. I'm assuming they're bending light towards themselves, and um, but they're not they're not they're called a star, but they're not like uh, the the nuclear explosion of, of like the sun or, or a normal um, uh, uh, star. Is that so? That's that's why they're hard to detect. Is that is that accurate? Yes, yes. <clears throat> when they are young, they have this material around, mm. uh, and and uh, thanks to this material, which is partially accreted to themselves and make, for instance, pulsar. Uh, it is, mm -hmm. or, or they have, um, uh, they have uh, these um, remnant of uh, of the material which was ejected when they uh, when the star was, uh, had exploded uh, mm -hmm. around, uh, which is called um, the supernova remnant. But mm -hmm. a supernova remnant stay for a few million years maximum. Therefore, mm -hmm. uh, and then it's too it's diluted. Nothing nothing is left, and it it, mm -hmm. it uh, it it is uh, it is completely disappeared, and therefore mm -hmm. this neutron star uh, and the neutron star. If there is nothing around, if there is, uh, it is not a binary, uh, which uh, which make for instance a binary with a normal star, mm -hmm. then 
then there is no interaction, no uh, significant emission, therefore, very, very, very difficult. The same is for black holes. Black holes, mm. okay, they don't, they, they don't give uh, any, any emission, but if something is around, we can see the effect from the, yeah. the effect on the, on the, on the, the, on the companion star, but yeah. and the neutron star is the same. I think, did you just mention a second ago that neutron stars could potentially last the, once formed, they could last the age of the universe? Yeah, yes, yes, because they don't, wow. they, uh, they don't change. They, they cool uh, passively and mm -hmm. they, they can more or less stay if they, their, their mass is not enough to, uh, and such that they fall to a black hole, they can stay mm -hmm. for, uh, for the age of the universe. Wow. Interesting. Oh, man, that's so interesting. I thought isn't hot if I, I know we might be getting totally off topic so we can move on if you like. But I thought there was a phrase uh, Hawking radiation. And I thought that had to do with the um, emission at the um, event horizon around black holes. And it it suggested that black holes will slowly evaporate. Is that Yes, it is. You are correct. Yeah, because when we talk about black holes, which no radiations come out, it is according to general relativity. Mm -hmm. But quantum mechanics allow to the to radiation to come out. And mm -hmm. this is for this, uh, the, this effect of uh, I mean, quantum effect on the black holes, uh, which, may, which makes them not completely, completely black, mm. is called the Hawking radiation. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Hawking radiation is for the for microscopic black holes. Hawking radiation is extremely uh, I mean, faint. It's faint. Faint, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's completely ignorable. Hot mm. uh, radiation becomes uh, becomes important when the black hole becomes microscopic. And now, mm. how this can happen? For instance, imagine that you have the, these uh, microscopic black hole that we have in the universe, mm -hmm. and then universe lasts for. And uh, billions um, uh, and billions of times of age in, of the age that it has now, yeah. Then they will evaporate gradually, even a little, a little bit. Very, very slowly. Yeah. They evaporate, and at some point they become microscopic, and then they and and more they 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 uh, emit Hawking uh, radiation. They lose mass more they emit Hawking radiation. Therefore, it is, it is a sort of positive feedback yeah. and, uh, until, okay, we don't know exactly because Hawking, uh, there are a lot of uh, unclear, theoretically unclear um, concept in this, which probably we can discuss at another time. Yeah, okay. Hurry, I think I've taken up a lot of your time. We had one more thing I want, we wanted to talk about and I probably should have mentioned at the at the top of the of our conversation, but you've written a novel, a science fiction novel, um, called The Life Network, and it's really great. I've I've been reading it. I'm continuing to read it. It's 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 um, really fantastic. Why don't as by way of introduction, why don't you uh, would you mind giving us a, a just a brief summary of of the book? 
yes, the summary of the book is the, the story which happens partly in, uh, in, uh, on Earth and partly in a very far um, uh, planet, uh, which is called the GI-14, mm-hmm. according to some, some catalogs. Mm-hmm. And it happens that uh, people in GR14 are looking, watching us, and are very uh, anxious about what is happening on this planet. Mm-hmm. They try to uh, to warn us, but it is complicated because it is easy even for the. Um, most advanced civilization in the galaxy, it is easy to uh, do me- uh, physical measurement, and we are, we are, we are talking t- about the, the gamma ray bars. Yeah. But understanding the culture of us, Homo sapiens, mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mm-hmm. they try a lot of things, fail, uh, and at last they decide that they must do the communication physically, which means mm-hmm. send us something. Okay, they send us something. I go into the details because uh, that's the book. Uh, yeah, no, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. Although I will say that. And the then, and then. People on Earth trying to, uh, I mean, the, the, a few people who are involved in the understanding of the subject are trying to um, to see what it is. It is it is just a piece of metal which mm-hmm. they have found. They don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But mm-hmm. each of these people, four of them most exactly, have their own uh, problems. Ersian mm. problems, uh, ambitions, goals, mm-hmm. and um, also uh, specialties, scientific and technical specialties. Mm-hmm. How they manage to uh, make a sort of combination of all these parameters is their story. Yeah, and I I've been reading it. I, I I you know it's the holiday season. It's been holiday season, and I I've been a little distracted with all that. But I'm I'm about a fourth of the way through, and and I'm really really enjoying it. And I want to just um, you know I, I I was telling you this by email that it it reminds me of The Martian. It not in um, content or the story at all. Two very different different stories. But it seems both novels were written, I feel like, by scientists for people who are interested and passionate about science. And that that was what I liked about The Martian, and that's what I, you know, the science is what I like about this. It, it It's clear that it's, it's based on, you know, science, hard science, is the stepping stones that makes the path of this novel. And if you like The, the Martian, I think you would really love um, The Life Network. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I'm really enjoying it. To me, it's, it's um, when I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I'm really getting a very good idea of, of you, of the, of the author, you know, of, of, of Huri and, and your worldview and what, how you see the world, the, the way that you, you, um, you describe the, the struggles of, um, you know, the researchers on GI-14, that the, essentially the, the alien, um, 
you know, uh, researchers, the way you describe them, you describe them as um, galactic gardeners, which I really, really like that. Um, and how they, like you said, how they interact with human society and how they're, they struggle with, um, they're essentially trying to um, integrate into human society at first and, and all of the struggles, it seems, it, it, a lot of that seems autobiographical, you know, <laughs> it seems like that, those are things that you probably went through, I'm guessing, um, you know, there's just um, so much commentary. It is. It's not exactly autobiographical, but it is, yeah. a, can I say, typical uh, pathway of a student when you begin in science, uh, I mean, mm. you begin your graduate education and uh, you are struggling on the subject with, a, uh, with your supervisor that you probably don't completely understand, with the, with the subject that you don't understand, then, yeah. then you have a constraint, constraint of money, constraint of uh, what uh, will, yeah. you know, what this past brings for, uh, for you. And this mm -hmm. is, these are, in my opinion, or mm -hmm. um, uh, you know universal it is uh, on mm -hmm. earth on uh, on any other uh, planet in any mm -hmm. other culture it's just uh, it's they are just universal uh, to yeah. everybody it's the scarcity so of, of time I, resources before right? what i what i tried uh, to put my uh, my i mean the, the 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 structure of the story was somehow uh, the, 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 my own experience, the experience of others uh, with whom I have seen, I met, or I heard about. And, uh, and I should say also that, uh, okay, on the, on the technical subject, because you compared it with the, with, um, uh, the Martian, uh, mm -hmm. it is, I try to, when I, I uh, talk about uh, scientific or historical subject, uh, mm -hmm. subjects in the, in the story, I try to, to be as exact as really in a, in a science, in science fiction can be. They are yeah. maybe, maybe, <clears throat> Probably there is only thing that is uh, is not uh, I mean scientifically is not uh, I mean known for us is that can we communicate through a space time tunneling mm -hmm. in the space time this is uh, purely science fiction and there is also a, a footnote in the in the book about it but for yeah. any other subject I try to be really really as close as uh, possible to the uh, scientific um, reality of, of our, our knowledge of science of the, the uh, of, of the subject. Yeah, and that's what I find so fun about because I'm obviously a science fiction fan. I, I love science fiction, but usually it's the opposite, right? Like um, Star Trek or or Dune or or Star Wars. You know, it's generally mostly. Um, made up science and it's you're you're suspending your you know disbelief a lot in order to get to the narrative whereas this is the inverse where it's mostly just a good story good characters and very real science but somehow it's also in the future and, and it's it's um yeah i i, I yeah it's, it's 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 really it's a very pleasure pleasurable reading experience um yes well, yeah uh just if i can add sure. something 
I um, you compared it with uh, with uh, Martian, but I also uh, would like to compare because uh, because I am very fan of uh, of uh, Michael Crichton, and yeah. I said I say that uh, in some respect it is also um, uh, somehow has some uh, common point in with Michael Crichton who. Because he was also himself a scientist, uh, he and he had a strong background in science. Uh, yes. He had a, he took a, a scientific a scientific subject and made a story around it. And mm. even for a scientist like me, sometimes it was difficult really to understand at which time it goes from science to science fiction. Yeah, and and this also I think it is something that I very much appreciate to, uh, in the the, the um, Michael Crichton's writing. Unfortunately, Michael Crichton uh, had this uh, um, I mean approach to always may, uh, look at the bad part of science, dangerous part of science. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, but he didn't. He never worked really as a scientist. By contrast, mm. I am a scientist. Therefore, mm. I look at the positive part of science, where really science helps us. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he seemed like. He, yeah, he he was using science as a, a narrative device to generate controversy and and conflict, whereas you're using it to to almost like. I think your your style of narration is more realistic in which the world is is full of conflict and chaos and science is actually the the, the cleaning crew and the 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 the, the, the voice of reason in, in society that's trying to make sense and calm everybody down and you know that's that's how I view science exactly because we I mean science we can we can make a bomb of it or uh, nuclear science, uh, we can make a, 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 a nuclear bomb, or we yeah. can make we uh, we can uh, we can use it to for making energy or making uh, or um, or uh, uh, curing uh, cancer people. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it is just a, in in a way, it's just a tool, right? And yes. it's it's how we use it. That's right. What so? What motivated you to write the book? Where? How did you get started? What What were you What were you thinking? Okay, my, I am very. I don't have that much to uh, time uh, to read uh, science fiction except on um, science fictions which have something uh, really with science, like uh, like Crichton or uh, yeah, um, or yes, and uh, mm-hmm. books, but. Uh, I am very much interested in uh, movies, actually, science mm-hmm. fiction movies. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of, uh, I mean, it was a long time that uh, I, I tried to, uh, to say, especially to say my ideas about mm. what we are doing on this planet, on the yeah. species, other species, other population, which unfortunately people don't talk about it. Even now that mm-hmm. people talk about uh, climate change, they don't mm-hmm. talk about uh, what our overpopulation in this planet is doing mm-hmm. to everybody, to the planet and to ourselves. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And the consequence of this uh, this thing. Therefore, I wanted to put this together and somehow present it as something uh, both uh, uh, interesting to read. And as an, I am a scientist, uh, I uh, liked also to talk about really science for to maybe encourage other people to to come to science. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, it's those are all the same reasons why I do this podcast. It's, I'm just, I love science. I, I think it's important. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting about. I, I noticed that. Yeah, you mentioned um, overpopulation uh, of Homo sapiens um, multiple times in the book, and I could tell that is is something very important to you, and and it made me think like, yeah, you're right. I, I you just don't. You, there's so much conversation nowadays. But it's always about greenhouse gas emissions, um, uh, pollution, uh, you know, mining activity, this and that. But we don't we, we really don't talk about overpopulation. And it's you're absolutely right. We you know, it, it, I remember, I think in the 70s, 60s and 70s, at that time, the zeitgeist, you know, the, it was it was just more popular to talk about overpopulation. I remember TV shows, you know, in which that was the subject matter. But it just isn't a very popular thing to talk about right now. But you're right; it's it is definitely it should be part you know, of the conversation. Uh, the, the 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 problem is that the problem with overpopulation is that uh, when you talk about it, immediately things, especially in uh, uh, in some countries, they are. Uh, the, the the abortion problem of abortion problem with yeah. uh, with uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, you know uh, contraceptives and so on, so, uh, so forth uh, the contradiction with religions and yeah. uh, this is this is our problem this is we yeah. today we have we must pass all these limits these beliefs I mean we are in another level of problem. Mm. But how do you, if if you don't, you cannot, if you cannot convince uh, politics, governments, administrations, and so on to to teach people that I mean, especially the problem, the problem of uh, abortion, for instance. Mm-hmm. Make the control of population does not mean abortion because we have mm-hmm. all other means to do it without going to abortion. Abortion is the last things that in every because I am a woman, therefore mm-hmm. I can say that it is something that a woman should want to do at the last, last, last thing. Yeah. There yeah. are so many possibilities if we give education to people, if we give we give the, the, the mean to people, especially to the poor countries. Yeah. Then, yeah. then, then it is, I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody should need to do an abortion. Yeah. You know, what it makes me think is like, there is, it has a lot to do with pretty much all of societal discourse, which is like, it's can be just so irrational and so reactive and emotional. And yet, like you said, we're just we're getting to the point where we're in such a we're such a it's becoming such a crisis, and it's really unfortunate that it takes uh, it takes a catas- a catastrophe to focus the conversation and to in, to force society to be rational. 
it's so hard to 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 get people to behave rationally. Um, I guess we're we are rational creatures, but we don't. But only by only at, as a last resort, it seems like we we would rather be very um, you know self self focused and I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a difficult problem. It's uh, I mean really really you know after trying a lot a lot a lot uh, to talking with people with good education then you don't mm-hmm. arrive to anything then you say okay maybe if I put it on uh, on the paper mm-hmm. uh, maybe in words then then maybe at some point something happens yeah but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, just writing a book is 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 a great way to do it. Getting on a podcast, yeah, we're, we're I mean, we're we're both contributing to the to the human conversation in in our own small way. So hopefully, hopefully we can, can, yeah. Well, um, Hurry, uh, I think I've taken up way more of your time than I initially suggested. So <laughs> I think we can end the no, conversation. It's, uh, it's okay. I I uh, I opened my. Um, my schedule just for you for today oh. so there is no problem that is such that's such an honor i really appreciate all of your time i thank you so much for coming on and i appreciate thank all you. your time this is really really fun and i had a great time talking with you well there you go that's all we know about uh, gw170817 pretty incredible right what do you think find us on facebook at headful science that's headful with just one l Hey, do you have an idea for a show? Are you a researcher? Do you know someone you think would be good as a guest? Send us an email, contact at headfulscience.com. Thanks so much to Dr. Hurry for spending so much time patiently explaining our findings to us. And hopefully we get to hear more about our work on quantum gravity in a few months. That is really exciting. Now it's your turn. Go get a head full. 